It's a bitch hunt. 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 Hey there, Pitch Hunters. Hey there. Hey. How is it going in Pitch Hunt Nation? It's going great. You're not Pitch, pitch Hunt Nation is the audience. I listen are... sometimes. Okay, fair enough. I'm probably uh, like a quarter of the listeners, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'd say we're, the three of us are the majority of Pitch Hunt Nation at this point. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. One of these days we're going to look at those analytics and we're going to find out that secretly thousands if not millions of people have been listening all along how many people do you think listened to our last episode uh i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that it's one of our more listened to episodes even though it's only been out for less than a week and we have 19 listens Mm. (laughs) will what do you think I'm going to lowball it just, just, you know, because that's what you do and say we have 18 listens. <laughs> What's the truth of the matter, Luke? I don't even remember how we can look up the statistics. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, really felt like you were going to pull a number out right That there. was the plan. That, that was, was definitely my excited. plan. But, <laughs> but then you Oh, wait, wait. Him. I think I found it. Oh, damn. He's found it. It's going to be somewhere between 18 and 19. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> These numbers don't make sense. Did you carry the zero? <laughs> this is riveting podcasting right here. This is what our 18 or 19 listeners tune in for. Okay, okay. Drum roll, please. The summer camp episode of the Pitch Hunt podcast. 16 total the- downloads. Damn. Uh- Wow. Damn. I was being optimistic, and it turns out that I was only being slightly optimistic. That means that I win, because 18 is closer to 16. I think you have to be the closest without going over, though, and both of us went over, so neither of us wins. Yeah, it turns out I win. Luke wins because he said that we were the majority of the listeners, which meant that we would have at most five listeners. So his guess was five. We still might be the majority, because... If we've like listened multiple times, you know, it's downloads though, man. It's not just listens. This is, these are, there are 16 individuals who have downloaded this onto their podcast apparatus is the way I'm going to choose to look at it. (laughs) I have 14 different podcasting apps (laughs) to inflate our numbers. I downloaded it on every single one of them. Oh shoot. I forgot to take my 17 my six my 16 iPhones off the network this week well now these numbers don't add up at all so one of you has not been downloading this whatever <laughs> uh, <laughs> will how are you I understand by which I mean we have talked about the fact that you just uh, came back from vacation yeah I was tell us a little bit about what you were doing I was in uh Michigan, the place of my matrimony, uh, and uh, a home away from home for the Hardy family for many a generation. Uh, and I was subsiding, subsisting without uh, internet and just breathing in the beautiful Lake Huron breezes and uh, skipping a lot of rocks. That's my passion Hell yeah. now. Hell yeah, dude. 
I'm with you on that. What was 100%. your personal record for skips this past week, Willie? So this is going to sound uh, at at worst arrogant, at best fraudulent, but uh, <laughs> there was a time when there was basically no wind on the water. Um, it was and glassy. It was just glassy. And also the water went down, so there was a lot of like uh, lake eroded uh very smooth plate like rocks on the new beach uh that stop from the from the water the receding four, stop teasing us with the four play um, well, and so know. well i'm just saying I, there were a couple where i threw and it, it kind of like it did like five or six proper skips and then just kind of bled into this like infinite ripple of like uncountable skips you know what i mean like it was just oh it was so God. much i didn't even have time that to, sounds to i wish we it. had uncountable downloads of, of pitch hunt <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I it was, say, it was Will, probably eighteen or nineteen. Slow, <laughs> uh, short answer. I am I'm experiencing some serious skip envy right now, Will, uh, because skipping rocks is also a passion of mine, uh, and it's been a good long while since I've had a, a good skipping day, and I've I've been able to get out there and give it an old skip. Uh, so I'm gonna choose to live vicariously through you, and I'm just gonna imagine infinitely skipping rocks for the rest of this episode and it's going to be beautiful and zenful that's good you need a zen mind for good pitches and you're welcome jacob and i (laughs) thank you again will uh tell me will what was the best meal you had while you're on your vacation the best meal i had whilst on vacation well uh my Parents have a very small portable pizza oven. Oh uh, boy! With which they can make wood-fired pizzas. There's this very, very tiny uh, wood oven that they can just put like almost like splinter-like pieces of wood in there, oh. and it serves as sort of the the engine dynamo by which the the pizza cooking is 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 powered. And then you put in the pizza, you put in the pizza, but it's very small. It's like a very small portable oven. So they've got this tiny pizza peel that's probably only about seven inches across or something, maybe nine inches. Uh, and, and what's a pizza, it's a pizza peel. <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. Oh, like a, like a paddle, like a pizza paddle, you know, like a pizza you put stone? the pizza on it and you, you put and, you, and it. you put it in the oven. Yeah. yeah, yeah they call yeah, that a peel. Everything about this sounds great, Will, but it doesn't sound that filling. A seven inch pizza. Well, that's the thing is you just make a ton of them. Like we made like, we had like, uh, I don't know, eight or nine people there and we made like 12 Zaz. It was crazy. Oh my goodness. I want pizza so bad. It was, it was amazing. And, 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 and part of what allows you to have such volume is they only take, because it's a very, very hot oven. Once you get it up there, it, it only takes about a minute to make pizza you, you you put it in for like 25 seconds you take it out you rotate it you put it in for another 25 seconds accounting for like all of the logistics and stuff it's like a minute of cooking wow so you weren't making deep dish we wasn't making deep no we were making authentic it- italian pies <laughs> now is there any italian blood in your family will yeah we're we're like 38 percent italian baby i can nah. tell <laughs> <laughs> Can't you tell by my spicy dialect? <laughs> I think that was offensive, uh, but that sounds absolutely delicious. Um, 
if I was to, uh, you know, just like something happened in my life and I suddenly came into a great deal of money. Yes. Uh, I would definitely invest in some kind of a a small pizza oven. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know, speaking of coming into a great deal of money. Oh, Jacob, Jacob, do tell. <laughs> uh, this was going to be our segue into introducing the topic. <laughs> uh, somebody else take it away. <laughs> Jacob, wait. Speaking of, hold on, wait, I'm yeah, not, yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Have you already introduced the topic? Or are we starting over on this, you coming into I, a large yeah. amount of money? How, how could one possibly get a large amount of money? Yeah. Well, oh. what do you think? Well, I suppose you could, uh, you could come about it by means of burglary and subterfuge. Yeah, you could like work really hard for a lot of years, um, was my first thought. You could like, own uh, capital and just yeah. sit on your ass while that capital accrues value. You could... Like the um, bourgeoisie. You could travel back in time uh, to the early days of cryptocurrency and buy a bunch of cryptocurrency. Yeah. You could be a millionaire Ooh. like our friend Ian. Yeah, you could be a millionaire like our friend Ian. Um, I just came up... Mm, I might be taking a real left turn on my... No, I'm not taking a real left turn on my pitch. That's stupid. It sounds like your whole pitch was would have already been laid out there if you were taking that left turn. We heard it, was, it all. Which is, yeah, why I realized that it's <laughs> not worth an entire pitch. But when you think movies, uh, Luke, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this at you. When you think, uh, think movies and you think characters in movies, uh, say... You know, a character in a movie has a job, uh, and yeah. they um, say they uh, they've gotten tired of this job, um, but then an opportunity arises um, that's uh, too good to pass up. Um, have you? Can you think of any movies like that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I can think of one. Throw throw it at us. Uh, nut job two, nutty by nature. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that I was thinking of also. Uh, and how would you describe genre-wise Nutjob 2, Nutty by Nature? I'd say 100% heist. Pedal to the metal heist. Pedal. It's actually the one true heist movie. All the other ones are I, based off of that one. That's what Leonard Malton says, and that's... I gotta agree with him. Leonard, uh, you, you got one right. Um, and it's that... The Nut Job 2, Nutty by Nature is the only heist movie. Um, th- I, w- I will say that there are many other attempts uh, in the genre. Uh, you got your, your Oceans movies. Uh, you got your Bank Job. You got your you know various other types of uh, flashy movies that I can't think of the title of right now. Um, but basically, what, what we have torturously been saying over the last couple of minutes now um, is that we... Uh, I'm going to pitch some heist movies this week. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Jacob. Luke? You're right. Oh. You're not just not wrong. Oh, man. You're I, dead freaking right. I was really worried that you and I were not on the same page about this because you seemed... Uh, it seemed like you were... You were you, there was something else that you wanted to say. Uh, I was just like staring into your eyes and you had a twinkle of gleaming doubt in your eyes and i wonder oh, why no. that was you mistake the fact that i was just 
replaying all of Nut Job 2, Nutty by Nature over again in my mind because it's gotcha. in a better it's time such a great place. flick. Yeah. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I think this is the reason why I just don't look at Luke's face while we record. There are too many goddamn <laughs> difficult to read twinkles going on there. I'm, I'm always thinking about Nut Job 2. He has such twinkly eyes. You could get lost in them. And now he's now his screen is just filled with his eyes, and I can see <laughs> uh, when I look deep into his pupils, I can see the nut job to Nutty by Nature playing in its entirety. It's about three and a half minutes in. Uh, the beginning credits are rolling. Uh, what a flick! Not that we need another squirrel heist related tangent, but there's this YouTuber. <laughs> the reason nut job was on my mind was because there's a YouTuber named Mark Rober who. Like does a lot of fun science experiments and films them. He's hmm. like a former NASA scientist. Um, does things like making a trampoline that a car can jump off of and stuff like that. Holy shit! Wow. But he decided to make a giant obstacle course in his backyard for squirrels. Amazing. And made it heist themed. And wow. uh, squirrels are ridiculously smart. He like had a bunch of different puzzles for them to figure out, and they. They nailed all of them. So they just figured them out just like that. Check that video out. We'll tweet that video out yeah. so that uh, listeners, we've been making a lot of promises about Twitter uh, recently, and it has come to our attention that Will maybe no longer has control over that account, which is a problem. Yeah, you confiscated <laughs> it from me like a year ago. I confiscated it from you. I, I think, I think both of us be did true. <laughs> How could that possibly be true? I have never twote in my life. Yeah, but you had access to the account. We both did. Remember we changed the password that one day? (laughs) (laughs) I've been locked out ever since. Saying that, I do vaguely recall something like that happening, but still doesn't sound like something that we do. (laughs) It was because he tweeted about not liking tots, I think. Okay, there it is. There yeah. it is. I now remember. That's right. It was a uh, we had to take we had to take over the account because he was spreading vile propaganda uh, that our name was attached to. Yeah. Well, we're we're fifteen minutes in, pretty much now. So <laughs> we should get going. We should get going. Start the pitches. Let's start the pitches. Yeah. Who wants to go first? I can go first. Yeah, I could too. Doesn't matter. I can go first, and this way maybe I'll keep it. I'll actually keep it tight. Yeah, I'll keep, keep my it. eyes on the time, and I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it to a tight ninety. Yeah, keep um, it to a t- so that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, plenty yeah. of time for you guys to to flesh out your ideas. Yeah. Um. All right. So, I'm gonna take a sip of water before we start here. Listen close. Oh yeah. <sighs> that was so. an efficient sip. <laughs> You have to I'm all about start. efficiency. I'm all about efficiency, and you know who else is all about efficiency? Who? Jason Statham. Yes, Jason Statham is all about efficiency, but he is not in my film. Um, somebody who is in my film and who is all about efficiency is Idris Elba. In my movie, he's all about efficiency. Uh, probably in real life, also. I can't say no. The man personally seems like a wonderful guy. Uh, seems seems great uh don't know how efficient he is in his life but in my film idris elba owns a owns and operates a marina in a small coastal new england town um from this marina so we got a marina think docks 
Oh, uh, yeah. I was just think? at a marina. I, I can visualize the hell out of this shit. <laughs> Man, this should be, this really, by all rights, should be your pitch, Will. Uh, do you want to take it? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm spellbound already. Okay, okay. Um, as I said, Idris Elba, uh, owner proprietor of uh, the uh, uh, Shady Bay uh, Marina, um, named as such not because there's anything shady going on, just because there's like lots of trees around it. Sure, um, yeah. And so it's like quite shady. And also there's like some really nice rolling hills that kind of shade. Mm, the love them rolling the hills. Itself. Love those coastal rolling hills. Uh, common coastal feature in New England. Uh, those rolling hills. So Idris Elba is the owner of the marina. Um, there is a uh, there's an eatery near the marina um, that's run by Viola Davis. Um, Steve Buscemi um, is a um, he operates kind of a, a water taxi that goes to a nearby island uh, that's quite nice, quite touristy. Um, but the other kind of main character besides Idris in this film, um, is the resident master crab fisherman, Michael B. Jordan, who, um, has a crab boat, uh, crab and lobster, I guess. When you think New England, I guess you kind of think more lobster than you think crab. Is his catchphrase, I got a bad case of the crabs. <laughs> That's what his boat is called. <laughs> so, opening shot, you know, opening, you know, maybe 10 minutes or so, we're kind of rolling through the marina. We see uh Idris kind of uh, observing his his uh his domain. We see Viola setting up for the the breakfast fish platter uh special that she serves every day uh for the locals. We see uh, Michael B. Jordan putting the finishing touches on his newly christened boat uh, called, as we have established, I have a bad case of the crab. Um, and then in parentheses under that also lobsters. Um, so they, this, is a, this is a normal day uh, for them. Uh, it just goes down to the docks, talk to Michael B. Jordan. He's like, hey, uh, his name in this is... Uh, Keith, he's like, hey, Keith, uh, beautiful day for for going out on the water, don't you think? And Keith says, uh, you know what, Otto, I got to agree with you. It's a beautiful day. You, you, you know, the motto around here is sort of uh, every day is a beautiful day at Shady Marina, um, Shady Bay Marina. But I think that, you know, I just I, I woke up this morning on the right side of the bed. I have a feeling that today is going to be an extraordinary day. And Otto is like, Keith, I love your attitude. Go out there, get you some crabs and lobsters, bring them back. Let's have a big boil up tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, what a time to be alive. And uh, they go their separate ways. And we follow Keith, Michael B. Jordan, as he puts uh, off. I don't know. Is that, a, is that a term that fishing fisher people use? Putting off? I think setting off. Right? Shoving off? That makes more sense. He puts shoves and sets off. Um, and we are with him on, uh, on a camera on the boat. And there is a lovely breeze. Uh, there are fish jumping out of the water. Um, 
goes out past the island, waves. There's a bungalow on the beach where some people are vacationing. Bushem has arrived for the first water taxi service of the day. He waves to Bushem. Bushem waves back. Um, and he keeps on going uh, for a while. And he finds a lovely spot. And he sets anchor. And he puts out his first uh, lobster cage. Tosses a few of them off the boat. Um, and then he... Uh, leans back in his chair, he's reading a book, just enjoying the day, when all of a sudden <gasps> there's a big old yank on one of the uh, one of the, the, the lines and he's like, now what the heck is that? And so he goes over, big old yank again, and he's like I'll say it a second time, what the heck was that? Third yank nearly tips the boat right on over. Um, and so he's like, Geez, Louise, I do not want I, this boat is new. I do not want it falling over into the water. I better go see what's up. Slaps on the scuba deer, gear, jumps into the water, goes on swimming down. It's kind of murky, kind of dark. Can't really see what's going on. Uh, but eventually he reaches the bottom of the line and gets to the lobster trap. And wouldn't you believe it? It's the biggest lobster he ever did see. Oh my God. Whoa. And he thinks, How to big himself, is it, Jacob? It's like fucking fourteen feet long. What? Man. It's like it's like. How much does it weigh, Jacob? Illogically, he looks at it, weighs it up, and he says that fourteen foot long lobster must weigh th- must weigh a, a good ton and a half. Jeez, now this is that's this, a this chunky lobster. If I got the claws off of this bad boy and the tail off of this bad boy, I could feed a small village for like like several days. What a find. I got to get this. This got to be mine. Um, so he jumps onto the back of it. <clears throat> he has a, a lobster, one of those, you know, things that you like a nutcracker type thing that you get in a lobster restaurant to try to crack open the, <laughs> the, the pinchers. And he like starts going at the, the claws and he starts going at the tail. Not doing anything. This thing is just too, too dang big. Um, and eventually it gets free of the trap and it just takes off. With Michael B. Jordan in tow. Uh, it swims and it swims, and Michael B. is cracking and cracking. Uh, it's not working. Keith, sorry, is cracking and cracking. Um, and then he's, it's going so fast, it's shaking him around so vigorously that he has flung off the lobster and he smacks into something real hard. And he comes to, and he is <clears throat> at the site. He he opens his eyes and there's a big old shipwreck there. Oh man! Oh. So he's like, "Oh heck! I only brought the small oxygen tank with me. I need to go back and get more oxygen. I need to go um, tell people about this, and then we got to come back and we got to see what the heck is going on here." Um. So swims back up to the boat, makes a note of where he was, speeds back to the marina. Tells everybody what's going on. And they're like, oh boy. First off, there's no way that you saw a lobster that big. That part of the story, obviously bullshit. But <laughs> for some reason, we still believe that you saw a shipwreck. Um, so they all go out there together. Uh, Viola, Bouchem, Otto, and Keith all go out and take a look at the shipwreck. What a ragtag crew. It's a ragtag crew, and also along with them is 
uh, a, so they, they had met up in the restaurant, in Viola's restaurant, and they were talking about this, and a local newspaper reporter happened to hear what was going on, and he was like, what a scoop! Um, and so he uh, secretly like grabbed onto the side of the boat, and he goes out there with them. They look around, sure enough, it's a big old shipwreck. Um, they don't realize that the reporter is there. Um, so they are like, wow, neat, big old shipwreck. Um, let's sit on this for a couple of days, I guess, and then get like resources together so that we can go down there and explore properly. <clears throat> they go back to shore. Newspaper reporter scurries off. Um, a couple days pass by and they are, <clears throat> they go back out to the site. They have gathered the equipment that they need to properly explore this. Um, and... It's just the four of them this time, and they're on the boat, and they're taken off. They go past the little island, they get out there, and as they go closer to the uh, to the shipwreck, they look out, and they see there's already a great big yacht there mm. that's like on the water rather than under the water. And they're like, now what is going on here? Is it the local newspaper's yacht? The news yet? <laughs> it's not the news yet. They've been scooped. They, they slow down. They uh, turn off the engine, cut the engine, come up real slow, and they look up on the deck of the yacht. And on the deck of the yacht, there's a an a, uh, an older man with gray hair and a big old pair of binocs. Is it James Cameron? It's James Cameron. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron, <laughs> connoisseur of sunken ships and antiquities, has heard through the grapevine because he controls, or he doesn't control, but he's got his he's got his nose to the ground. He's always, he's always sniffing out that motherfucker new must know where every single shipwreck is. Every <laughs> yeah, new one, exactly. That exact piece of dung. Yeah, and Keith says that piece of dung. The last good movie that that guy made was. I don't know, aliens. Uh, I am not a fan of your work. He yells at James Cameron, and James Cameron looks down. He has a mustache in his, this movie, and he like twirls his mustache, and he has a oh monocle in. Oh my god! And he's like, "Yeah, this will be mine." See, I, James Cameron, owns the sea floor around here, and uh, you won't sniff a single bit of whatever treasures lay below. And then he like uh, he's like goons away, <laughs> and a bunch of goons pop out and they uh, like have harpoon guns and they're like menacing them with the harpoons gun, who harpoon guns. And James Cameron's like, get out of here, or I will sick my goons upon you. Um, and so they they leave. And uh, later they, they kind of dejected, go back to the marina, and they're like, well, that fucking sucks. Like, we found this great thing, and uh, Fat Cat Cameron comes along, and he just has decided he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna take it all for himself. Um, so they go back to the marina, they go back to Viola's Strant, and they have some coffees, and they think about what they're going to do. Um, and they're like, hey, you know what? I just, I don't know. I don't know. We th you know, this is kind of bigger. This has turned into a situation that's bigger than us. Um, and therefore, it, pff, might just have to let this let this go. Um, and 
Bush, Steve Buscemi and Viola Davis are like, yeah, we're just going to have to let this go. But this doesn't sit well with Keith and Otto. And so after they go their separate ways, Keith and Otto get together and they go out on the boat. Um, don't leave the marina, but they have, they, you know, knocking back a couple of brewskis and saying, you know, this just this just isn't right. You know, by by rights, this belongs to us. Um, and the day turns into night and the brewskis keep going back and they got a little, uh, you know, a little fire going in mm-hmm. there. <clears throat> they have like a grill out there, and they're grilling some grilling some lobsters, some of the smaller shitty lobsters. Grilling not the some lobsters, lobsters, you do, yeah. As you do, and uh, all of a sudden, a sly look goes across Otto Idris Elba's face, and he says, "Not for nothing, but I think I might have an idea." And Keith is like, "I don't believe you." And Otto's like, keep listening, because it's an idea that's so crazy and might just work. Oh, that's my favorite kind of idea. <laughs> Keith, see, Luke, Keith is not like you. Keith, Keith likes ideas that are so sensible that they'll definitely work. But Otto, he's thinking a little bigger. And Otto says to Keith, Keith, what do you know about James Cameron? And Keith is like, I know, he's a, he's a freaking big old ding dang who came and stole our boat and Otto's like yeah he did do that what else do you know about James Cameron and Keith's like meh he's like super rich he loves money and he loves being like a super rich movie director and Otto's like bingo so here's the plan Yeah, some like exciting music starts playing, um, and we maybe don't hear the plan right now because heist movies. It's like they generally don't like to tell you exactly what's going to happen mm-hmm. and then show you what happens. Um, but I'm just for the interest of time. I'm just going to tell you what the plan is and what's going to happen, and you can just imagine the cool cinematic ways in which it would happen. Um, so Otto Otto's plan is that he is going to appeal to James Cameron's ego. And what he's going to do is he's going to set up a competition. And the competition (laughs) is to see. uh, No, let's see. What is the competition? It's not going to be a competition so much as it's going to be a world record attempt. And the world record attempt is going to be to accumulate the largest pile of money. (laughs) That has ever been stacked up onto an island, uh, and they're gonna and they're gonna invite a bunch of movie directors, and they're gonna be like, "All right, movie director guys," they they call up James Cameron, they call up Steven Spielberg, they call up George Lucas, uh, they get Tyler Perry, Christopher Nolan, uh, Michael Bay. That that's the that's the roster, and they're like, now each one of you I know likes to think of yourself as a successful and very wealthy movie director, but how sweet would it be to stick it to the other guys, and show up with a big pile of cash, and be the one that has the biggest pile of cash on this island near our marina, and all of them are like. Of course I'm going to do that because I must be known as the richest of the rich dragon-like uh, movie directors, accumulators of wealth, and I'll be gosh darned if any of those other guys win. So they set a date. 
they prepare the island and into town rolling in come all the movie directors um and basically they all set up shop on the island they all bring these like whatever the maritime version like equivalent of a brinks truck is like a brinks boat i guess it's just full of cash and they stack it all up um on the island the cash boat and the cash boat exactly they bring their cash boats the cash is all on the island and the adjudicators from the Guinness Book of World Records come out to, you know, count the piles of money and see which movie director has the biggest pile of money. Um, and so in order to so no 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 here's what happens. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> None of them actually know who Keith and Otto are. So Keith and Otto just poses Guinness Book of World Records adjudicators. Oh, it's brilliant. And they're like, everybody, you have to step back because we can't have anybody tampering with the money while we're trying to count it. And so the movie directors all step back and they make a show of like pretending to count all the money. And then on uh, Buscemi's, uh, <laughs> on Buscemi's mark, they, uh, they pull this lever and it turns out that uh, the entire island, under the entire island, they've built a gigantic lobster trap. And so the sand underneath all these stacks of money just falls out and the money all falls into the lobster trap and Buscemi on his water taxi speeds away with it Aww. with Otto and Keith grabbing on and a, a, a mad chase ensues. But wouldn't you know it, Keith and Otto make it to international waters, at which point the money is legally theirs. Oh, my God. As everybody knows, once you get to international waters, all the laws kind of go a little, a little flimsy. Yeah. yeah and so yeah. they basically like get a get a um, they get Viola Davis to uh, pose as like a, um, a notary. And mm. they like get this notarized note that's like this money is now yours and there's nothing that any movie directors can ever do about it. Um, and, and it's the end uh, of blockbusters. It's the end of blockbuster movies forever. Uh, you, yeah, we cut to like 10 years later and it's like there's an indie movie renaissance. Uh, the marina is like super dope now because they have billions and billions of dollars that they're putting back into the community. What about the shipwreck, um, though? It's like that, that was not an important thing. Oh, I see. I see. It yeah. turns out. That what it was about just that like, big lobster? Though? Some kind of <laughs> yeah. What about the big lobster, though, Jacob? Big Lobster was a red herring. <laughs> Literally a red. No, no, lobster. no! It wasn't a red. It was not a red lobster. It was uh, a blue lobster. What? What? Uh, what? Keith Michael B. Jordan has spent his money on is like getting the most bitchinest lobster boat ever. That's like super fast and super strong. Mm-hmm. And so he's like now in the midst of his Moby Dick esque like search to to find that that big ass lobster. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's basically that's basically the end of the movie. Damn, Jacob, you re- you got to start off off start it off hot. <laughs> as promised, I kept it to a tight ninety. Um, well, I thought yeah. it was it, it was it was very tight. There were no extraneous details, <laughs> and I I ship it. Uh, and I, I ship I it out to get some lobsters. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Paul. I, I loved it. Um, didn't think any of our pitches would come close to Nutjob 2, but you've done it. 
you're on oh the cusp. Oh my god, I have never been so flattered in my life. Thank you, Luke. to go next i guess i can do it uh any objections no dive in (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, okay so there's this small rural uh mining town out in appalachia called uh called podunk (laughs) podunk belong to any state or is it just uh, generally Appalachia? It's Podunk, Kentucky. Sure. Good old Podunk, Kentucky, and um the people there are very poor. They're they're not of not of means, but they're good honest working folk. And at the top of a great hill uh is the sort of overseer of the whole mining operation. And his name is uh, uh Colonel Sanderson. <laughs> is he an actual colonel? Uh, or is his first name just Colonel? He his great grandpappy was a, a a colonel, but he just kind of uh, c- carried on the title because he that's how he how he believes everything should come to him is you know if his if his grandpappy and his pappy had it. Then he should have it too. Oh, times he's got ten. Got a little bit of a Dang. chip on his shoulder, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Quite entitled. He's a bit this entitled. Colonel. Yeah. Enti- literally entitled. Literally entitled. <laughs> and and so Colonel Sanderson, he runs the mining operation out there, and uh, our scrappy group of of young young people, they're they're all sort of the children of of the miners. Uh, and there's four of them, and one of them is like really, really good at climbing things stealthily. Um, and then, and one of them is like super, super good at computers. Is just like a, an amazing, amazing computist, uh, yeah. captain of the computer team at the high school. <coughs> and one of them is like. A little bit of a a little bit of a seductress, like she's she 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 has uh, the gift of gab and and charms up the wazoo, um, but she also let me tell you when when coming to when when the blows come when she comes to blows <laughs> she can she can dispatch a man thrice her her weight class with uh with with uh cat like uh agility and and uh <laughs> what kind of blows co- are you talking about cobra <laughs> cobra like uh viciousness i'm talking about fisticuffs what what did you think about 
Uh, same. And yeah. so, yeah. Right, so you got the climber, you got the computer whiz, you got the queen the, of blows. The sort of uh, femme fatale. So, Will, these, like, it, it's all well and good that they have these skills, but it's such a random assortment of things. What could they no, possibly be good I didn't for? even tell you about the fourth one. <laughs> the fourth one has no discernible talents whatsoever. But Sounds gosh like darn it, really he's got a gang. heart. He's got like a heart of gold, and is really good at just like being a leader and uniting people behind a common mor- moral purpose. Okay, that's a valuable skill set. Um, and it's just weird. Like they've they've grown up knowing that they have these skills the whole time, and they're just like, huh, it's kind of random that we hang out all the time, but we have such different skills, isn't it? You know. <laughs> um, they almost seem like the kind of skills that wouldn't necessarily like there would be have to be a specific very specific set of instances for them to actually be able to like climbing it's not a thing that you do all that often just like hanging out Mm -hmm. yeah leadership i'm sorry go on well does podunk have like a a nice bouldering gym podunk has does not have a bouldering gym but see they're in appalachia you see so there's just boulders. So they're just boulder, natural, God-given boulders just lying all over the place. What a thought. Yeah. And so, you know, it's weird that only one of them has the skill, but gosh darn it, he is really good at climbing boulders and quiet about it, too. Because, you see, there's all sorts of animals. He's a very good, like, naturalist. He likes to take photographs of animals while he's out there bouldering, so he has to do it really quietly. See, there's a reason for this stuff. Sure. So anyway, uh, it's just really hot one day, um, and they're like, God, it's just so hot, and you know what probably caused it? Colonel Sanderson, because he's contributing to climate change with all of his, uh, his oil, op- or his coal operations. Hell yeah, dude. These, these, are, these are like woke kids. These are woke, socially conscious, environmentally conscious kids. Um, and they're like, you know what would be great is if we canceled Colonel Sanderson. And, 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 and they're like, but, but he's, and, and uh, you know, uh, the, one of the naysayers. So this is, the, this is the person with moral purpose. He's like, we should cancel Colonel Sanderson for doing this to our climate. And, and, uh, and Climber Kid's like, oh, but he's such a beloved figure in the community. Everybody, he's employed basically the entire community. Uh, and and allowed allowed us, you know, he's like a big philanthropist, and like, yeah, but it, <laughs> you see, he needs to be canceled so so that we can save our environment. And bouldering is like, well, I I do really like our environment because it contains all the animals that I like to photograph. So yeah, that that yeah, checks yeah. out. Let's cancel him. Wow, that was really easy to convince him. And then <laughs> I, I gotta say, you've made Colonel Sanderson out to be like. Not not really that bad of a guy. Are you, are you rooting against him just because of his entitlement? Because like he's a philanthropist, mm-hmm. he's like giving back. Yeah, but uh, the thing is, he's destroying the environment. Is the thing, and all the gotcha. animals live in the environment, and it's very hot that day, and their <laughs> air conditioning is broken oh, um, gosh, because the there worst. are all these rolling bl- blackouts because coal is like not a very like reliable source of energy anymore in this society, like. <laughs> um the, their infrastructure is really needs some some upgrading to uh and electrification you know all right so fuck colonel sanderson colonel sanderson beloved in the community but 
just destroying the environment and causing uh, all sorts of hot discomfort. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, let me just okay. Oh yes. So, um, the uh, the uh, they're like, how do we cancel this guy? And and they're like, well, this guy is kind of old, right? He was like around, you know, he's 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 older than us Zoomers. He's older than he's even older than the millennials. He's probably he's probably done something problematic in his past. So what we need to do is break into his house and find evidence of him doing something problematic. So anyway, so so <laughs> No, it's, so, a, it's an airtight plan. It's an airtight if, plan. If that's what you were looking so, for. If you were looking for affirmation, no, it's a good good plan. So they're like uh so computer whiz kid is like well, I think that I could probably hack into his personal files to uh, to discover this problematic material. This is how computer nerds talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and they're like, yeah, uh, we can, we should do that. And he's like, oh, but I, I need some uh, a chip to be placed in his server room to be able to do this. He's got a private server, and I need a. <laughs> I need the chip to be actually physically transmitting the material on the server. So they're like, okay, well, I guess we got to break in. Dun, 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 dun. And then the, the music starts, the heist music. So what we're like going to do, right what we're going to do is we're going to have climby guy climb up his house and unlock the front door stealthily. And then... Well, no, the side door. The front door is too obvious. And then we're gonna have seductress lady. She's she's gonna she's gonna go in and she's gonna woo the the security. But as soon as I I didn't, I did not. Wouldn't it be less obvious for her to like woo them from the front door instead of just showing up inside? (laughs) Well, she's gonna be like, oh, I guess I'm lost, and then she's gonna dispatch them while their guard is down. I didn't ask earlier, but I, I have to ask now. You said that these were the children of coal miners. Are these like actual children? <laughs> well, no, no. They're well. They're the they're the the spawn of 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 the coal the miners. adult children. But they're the like adult children. They're like in their early twenties. Okay, okay, okay. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so then you know she she goes in and and does that, and then um. And then she she places the the chip in the server room, and then they're like, "Well, moral purpose guy, what are you gonna do?" And he's like, "I'm I'm just gonna give the orders and provide the moral purpose." And they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 I feel so inspirited right now." Mm-hmm. And so they do all that, and then it turns out that actually there are there are private um. There are private uh, videos of him practicing his stand-up routine back in the '90s, and he makes a lot of very off-color jokes at the at the expense of minorities, and wow. that and they release that, and it gets him canceled, and the whole town is like, we can't have this hashtag problematic person uh, powering or employing our city anymore, so we're going to have this scrappy enterprising group of up upstarts uh create a solar power uh plant for us and they're like can you do that and they're and the and computers guys like 
I think I, I think I can do it. Computers. And then and then cut to the credits. Wow. Wow, that was a definitely a tight pitch, Willie. It was super tight. Um I can't help but ask is there a reason that climbing kid didn't just like climb the house, sneak in and put the chip in himself other than <laughs> so that there was something for seduct- seductress lady to do? The thing is, okay, so that was their original plan, Uh um, but they thought that computer guy hacked in and was like, well, he didn't hack into the the main server, but he hacked into this separate server that was public. Um, They contained the plans for the house, you know, and he thought that the server was at the top of the the tallest uh, tower in the in the building. Right. Yeah. And so Climbing Kid gets up up there and he's like, the, ser- the server isn't there. And then he's like, oh, damn, I, 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 I just did some cross-referencing with some. Wait, sorry, I got the voice wrong. Oh, drat. I did some <laughs> cross-referencing with, with some uh, extra plans that happened in 2015. And it turns out the server room is in the basement now. <laughs> and then the, the Climbing Guy's like, you can't climb to the basement. <laughs> We need someone else. <laughs> and so that's how the plan deviates. That's like actually, I can't believe I skipped that. That's like actually the most dramatic part of the entire movie. Wow. Yeah, oh, that, that I was going to ship it anyway, but I was that on the takes fence. it into the stratosphere. I was on the fence, I'm going to be honest with you, but now it's a, it's solidly in pitch, pitch country, pitch yes. territory. Uh, yeah, I'm going to ship that over to Podunk, send it down the mines uh, to moralize i guess demoral the opposite of demoralize is moralize that's it those 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 miners well done thank you yeah that was great willie please recommend your friends to listen to our podcast we'd really love it it would mean a lot if they give us a shot it don't take a lot of Sometimes there's songs. Well, Luke. <laughs> yeah, hate I to, guess hate... we've arrived at my turn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Have we stolen so got, all your ideas? My pitch has a couple things going for it. It's got Blame Colin us. Farrell. Oh, yes. Hell yeah. And it takes place in Ireland. Oh, yes. I, I, sh- I ship it. I ship <laughs> it. You don't need to say anything more. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> thanks, Pitch Hunt Nation. <laughs> Let's just let's just we've already shipped Stay it. Stay pitchy. Let's just uh, just for fun. Let's take let's a victory see what, lap. Let's, let's yeah, take a victory lap. This is the post ship okay. banter <laughs> yeah, about he, your pitch. If you want some like after the show extras, you can keep listening. Um, so Colin Farrell is a single father to two young twins, and they're living in a small apartment on the outskirts of Dublin. Um. And Colin is like a architect, but also a contractor. So he's sure. kind of like both of the property brothers in one. Oh, nice! He does the like the, the plans, the renovations, the the sales pitches, everything. Sounds like a hard job, Luke. It is a hard job, and he keeps losing out on bids, getting shit canned because he's also a single father. Uh, yeah. And like, some days he's got to leave the site early and pick up his kids from school. 
you know how it is. We're all we're all single dads. We're all single yeah. fathers. <laughs> uh, so he keeps keeps losing, right? And he just feels like he he doesn't have the luck of the Irish. Oh no! Behind him. <laughs> uh, but but there's some news going around Dublin that there's a hot shot investor who just keeps raking in more and more money. And this guy, who's played by Liam Neeson. Hot shot. Yeah. I was thinking younger, but no. <laughs> well, he, he's, he is a hot shot because he's killing the game. Yeah, but he kind of came out of nowhere. No one's sure. really heard of him before. Um, he's had recent success and so much success that he decides he's going to buy like a big chunk of a county in Ireland. Um, county Wicklow, which is on the East Coast. And, and just, just flexed Irish knowledge all over us. Well, the, the, the only reason I know this is because it's near Dublin where I studied abroad and I would take the train to this part of Ireland, which is also why I'm setting it here. Hell yeah, uh... dude. Keep flexing. But I, I have trouble keeping my... East, north, west. south, east, and west. Yeah, straight, tell us so about more about of it. your 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 worldliness, Luke. <laughs> uh, but there's this little coastal town called Bray, and between Bray and this other town called Greystones, there's this nice little cliff hike. So you you walk this these cliffs on a on a path, and it overlooks the ocean, and it's just really beautiful and lovely. Um, gorgeous. But this hotshot investor buys it all up. Wow. Can you do and, that? Uh, yeah, he did it. Fuck, dude. Yeah. If you got the money, you can do anything in this world. Yeah, so I guess he had to buy it from like a lot of, a lot of farmers who own the, the land above the cliffs. Um, but he, he figured out a way to do it because he had so much dang money because he's such a hotshot. Um, and normally this kind of thing would piss Colin Farrell's character off. Because he's not had much luck himself, but he sees it as an opportunity. Because he hears that Liam Neeson wants to build a huge fortress atop the cliffs. So uh, on a weekend, he he takes the kids. They they hop on the train, go out to this little cliffside town, sit on the beach, and he breaks out his easel and like sketches a plan for what the fortress could look like. Um, they have a great day. The kids like play around. Um, and Colin just has this beautiful sketch. Feels really good about it. They're heading home. Um, the kids are like, hey, Dad, you seem seem like you had a really good day. Maybe we should buy a lottery ticket. Um, oh, shit. Change our fortunes. And he's like, no way. There's no such thing as the luck of the Irish. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my so they, God. They, they don't buy a lottery ticket, and the kids... Oh feel kind of down oh. um but a week later colin makes this pitch to liam neeson and liam neeson gives him the job wow he's like this is the best freaking fortress sketch i've ever seen and i've seen a lot of them damn um so he hires colin on the spot and he goes home it happens to be the twins birthday um how old are they turning they're eight, eight apiece. Um, and 
he buys them a lottery ticket because he's finally feeling lucky for the first time in his life. Sits, sits them down, lets them scratch off the ticket for their birthday. And uh, as they're scratching off the ticket, their, their dad, Colin, dies from eating a tainted potato. No! <gasps> what? No! Yeah. And also the lottery tickets are losers. Oh my god. Oh, Reinforcing no. the bad so the bad lucky. luck streak for this family. Yeah. Oh my god. So you're killing off the main character? Well, he's actually the tritagonist. He's not the protagonist. Are so they- he's of the third most importance of our main characters. Who's the twins? <laughs> Grown up twin played by Saoirse Ronan. Oh, it's going to be the protagonist. And the deuteragonist is going to be Donald Gleason. Oh, her brother. My Lanta. Crazy. So cut to they're they're 17, almost 18. Uh, (sighs) Saoirse has become a barkeep by day, a bare knuckle boxer by night. Hell yeah, she has. Yeah, she has. Donald Gleason is a, a talented musician. He busks. That's how he makes his keep. Um, but his real dream is to follow in his dad's footsteps and become an architect. So Sersha knows this, and she's hoping to surprise him on his birthday with um, some money that she's been been saving from her bare-knuckle boxing prize fighting <laughs> to to give to him. And she's been keeping it in like a, a loose floorboard in their, their tiny apartment that they can barely afford. Um that that their dad left to them, but like they're they're just scraping by on the mortgage because all of, all his savings are long gone. So did they weren't like adopted by anybody. They just like were eight years old and on their own. I think Colin's <laughs> Colin's blind mother came in. Sure. Um, <laughs> and she's still there. She just can't really do too much because she's also now Elderly. dead. Oh, because she has bad luck. <laughs> she has bad luck too. in the family. This, is a, this seems to yeah. be a uh, a cursed family. She, the grandma, died on their sixteenth birthday. Jesus, Jesus. But now they're almost eighteen, and uh, Sersha has finally saved up so much from her fighting that there's no more room underneath this floorboard. So she gets her her winnings from her latest fight and go kind of like tests her foot on a bunch of floorboards around the house to, to find another Lucy. And there's only one more in the house. So she, she like thanks her stars. She's, she's found a place to keep this money and she, she pops it open and uh, there's some junk in there. She, she takes it out. Um, What's what kind, what kind of junk Luke? Well, for starters, there's a blueprint oh. to the fortress that that her dad had initially planned to build. Oh. And uh, secondly, there is a handwritten note that says, "Hey kids, I'm actually alive. This what? is your dad, Colin Farrell." Oh what? my god. Um, go to the the red marked X on the floor plan what? in this fortress to figure out how to get me back. Oh my and then god. Thirdly, there's another lottery ticket. Oh my fuck. Can you and can you give us like 
like five to ten seconds to collect ourselves before you just like keep absolutely hammering us in the face with twist after twist yeah seriously dude <sighs> okay you better not fucking say that this lottery ticket has like a massive amount of money is a winning <laughs> ticket all right i'm ready i'm ready to hear another twist well it's it's dated for their 18th birthday and well it, it it's a winner they what? turn 18 they, they oh. scratch off that ticket or i guess the the numbers are announced on their 18th birthday and they're winners somehow. Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, so now they have the money to to fund a heist. <laughs> um, but here's the thing: the the fortress that their dad had initially planned it's expanded because Liam Neeson had so much money and he just kept making it um, that he put a giant wall around the whole county. <laughs> <laughs> and now the public train that they, they used to take there with their dad as a kid is a, a private train that uh, only workers within the fortress compound can, can get onto. So yeah, It sounds like they're not going to be able to do it. So they, they give up and that's the end. Yeah, sounds like that. Oh, man. Yeah. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. You want it's to do a bummer. an alternate ending, though, maybe? I guess in an alternate ending, maybe they could find a way to break onto the train. Whoa. If they had to. Okay. It but they've already a got a ton of money, so why would they do it? I mean, I guess they do want to maybe get their dad back. Yeah, but like, I mean, they only just found out. They've been, seems like they've, they've kind been of already come great. to terms with it. <laughs> it's kind of like reopening a giant wound. It's like, what if it turned out that. Like he expected them to find it sooner, and he was thinking like maybe it'd be a couple days, and so he's just like waiting in the basement, and oh, obviously yeah. like ten years have passed, so he's died of dehydration. Oh man! He's like basically ten years ago. All right, I want to I want to entertain the idea that there might be there might be an alternate ending though. Yeah, like, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they 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 get onto this train. Um, Donald Gleason, because he is just kind of a lowly busker slash wannabe architect he he's good for reading the blueprints uh-huh. but but not good for much else but a search ronan as an experienced bare knuckle boxer yeah hell yeah like basically fights her way through the whole train with nice. donald kind of cowering behind her reading the blueprints and stuff <laughs> uh but it's very snowpiercer-esque Oh. I, I love the idea of it being like Snowpiercer meets Hannah. Yeah, it's that. That's, That's what it is. Incredible. Plus Donald Gleason. Plus Donald Gleason, which is just like cherry on the cherry on top, man. So that's step one. They they get through the wall on the train. Step two, they like have to sneak past some guards and stuff, like creep around the the fortress you know how they do yeah step Mm -hmm. three they gotta like distract some guards get through some doors uh get to that room with the big red x on it Mm -hmm. and it turns out within that room there's a device that allows you to see the future what (laughs) excuse me (laughs) yeah (laughs) What it, uh, is could this be or like 
your your masterpiece, your magnum this is, opus. Luke? This is really this is shaping up to be like the the film that defines this century. I'm gonna have to clear the rest of my night. I want to hear this all in excruciating detail. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it all makes sense, right? How does a man come out of nowhere, like past middle age, and become the richest man in Ireland? Only know, by making Ireland's... investments that he knows are going to pay off big. I guess so. I guess um, so. But that's also his big secret. And oh Colin Farrell, like, a week in, was building a room specifically for this advice to keep, device to keep it safe. Um, and being a curious man, he, he turned it on and was able to see what, what would happen in the future for the next 18 years of his kids' lives, including his own death by potato. But wait, um, so is he actually dead? He's, he is actually dead. Well, so he knows that Liam Neeson's going to poison his potato to try to kill him after he's seen this device because Liam catches him on the security cam. <laughs> and he doesn't want a secret to get out. So he pretends to die from a potato death uh-huh. um, and then scurries over to England to, to hide out for the next 10 years. God, fate worse than death. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking England, man. (laughs) But but now the kids are able to use the device, um, see where their dad is, what's going to happen in his future. They go get him, and they also see a way that they can take down Liam Neeson. Um, They they discover that if, if they have their dad back, they can go on TV and out Liam Neeson for his future device, which will bring Liam Neeson out to, to call it nonsense in a press release. And then uh, they're going to shoot a potato gun from a quarter mile away. And the future device shows them exactly what wind calculations they need to make and everything. They shoot a tainted potato right into his gullet oh as he's God. making this press release. Oh! But wouldn't wouldn't Liam Neeson be able to? I mean, like, are they going to have to find a way of distracting him, making him sloppy, so that he doesn't like look into the future and see that there's nothing in the future past, like, whatever whatever time when that he gets the the potato gun in the gullet. Well, that's why they had to break into the fortress in the first place. They find out. They also okay. see that they have to tamper with the future device. God damn, this is so many fucking layers, yeah. man. So so they, they tamper with it in such a way that Liam Neeson only sees a false future. Fuck. Yeah. Dude. Is one of them, like, secretly a computer whiz, like that guy in Will's pitch? Uh, it turns out the, the way to tamper with this device is to play, like, kind of shitty busking music <laughs> at the right frequency. God, it all works out. Yeah. And he so Donald plays that. plays a little song that he's been working on. And he just discovers that because he's like, that's what he does to help him think, is to play his busking music. Exactly. Wow. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Oh my that's god. Well, then twist what, after twist. I want to oh. know what happens in the future. I want to. Oh, I want you to. I want you to pitch the sequel to this on a on a later episode, Luke, because you have just created such a such a beautiful, evocative world. <laughs> That I, I don't want to say goodbye. Yeah, I can bring it back. Please do. 
We'll we'll post that episode exclusively to our Patreon. We should just call this episode the best pitch Luke has ever done. Luke, disregard the first fifty minutes. Luke, just listen, listen to the listen to the the pitch that this entire podcast was created. Luke for. pitches our first good pitch. <laughs> it only took us forty four episodes <laughs> for somebody other than Ted to actually come up with an idea worth filming. <laughs> no, Luke, that was a. That was magnificent. That was spectacular. I already pitched it in the beginning. This you were just running victory laps this whole time, Ben, and yeah. you nailed it. Still, that was a hell of yeah, a victory I was, lap. Yeah, I was glad you didn't go with the the time travel pitch, Jacob. <laughs> it's my fear. The moment you opened your mouth, it's like, oh no, he's gonna no. pitch this exact pitch. No, 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 no. Don't even worry about it. Uh, oh wow, talk about finishing with a bang. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm I'm kind of I'm like uh feel like I just came out of a trance. Yeah, I feel I like my what. eyes are kind of hazy coming out of the theater and I'm just adjusting to the bright lights. Um yeah. Stay so pitchy. This is, this is the end Everybody. of the episode. Stay pitchy everyone. <laughs> uh you can reach us on social media. We might give Will the password back to Twitter. Yeah, Will's going to be tweeting again. Just to promise not to tweet about tater tots, though. I, I will have a truce, a tater tot truce. You can come. Okay. T- you can follow me at my other handle for all the tater tot takes. What is He's going to be tweeting handle? exclusively about hint of lime chips from here on out. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I, I did a Twitter search after we had that talk about hint of lime. Uh-huh. And I just typed in the word hint of lime. And the first result, I took a screenshot actually because it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, this doesn't bode well. Well, it just speaks to how polarizing they are. <laughs> uh, where the heck is it? Maybe I didn't take a screenshot. You know what? No, this is I, a terrible I saw story. This. You sent it to me. Did I? I'll, I'll figure it out. I, I got this. The first tweet was fuck hint of lime chips. <laughs> But the tweet below that was, hint of lime tortilla chips have my heart. (laughs) If that doesn't say everything you need to know, I don't know what does. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad that there's some some real good discourse out there on this topic. Yeah, but I'm glad we found the middle ground, you know? (laughs) We found the peace between the, the poles. Yeah. That's going to be the first tweet, actually, that I tweet from Pitch Hunt. It's just going to be, hint of line chips are okay. <laughs> no, you have to end the war, Will. You can't, you can't just add another, another mediocre voice to it. You have to yeah. make, make the case. Hint of lime chips are good, but your perspective is possibly valid. People who if you disagree. hate hint of lime <laughs> chips... Or people who really love Hint of Lime Chips, like, stop fighting about it and just fuck already, man. We, we all know you want to. Just just fuck already. Yeah, blast that tweet out as soon as we we're should, done Yeah, we should get these two tweeters to hook up. <laughs> Could you imagine? That would be... What a story that would be. Just tag <laughs> each other. The feistiest <laughs> on podcast jumps into their tweets and just tags the other one. <laughs> tag them both and just say, let's fuck already. <laughs> And I didn't mean to say let's, because that implies that we'll be fucking them. Too. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like more of a proposition than a suggestion. 
Come have an orgy with hosts of this podcast you've, <laughs> that has 16 listeners per episode. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, great way to end it, guys. Anyway, great way to end the episode. Uh, stay pitchy out there. Stay pitchy. Uh, feel free to email us. I will say that this prompt uh, was the result of an email communication. As, as promised, if you email us, we will consider... Um, we'll consider any ideas for pitches, uh, constructive criticism, adoration, anything. We appreciate it. So thank you very much to my cousin, Bjorn Larson, uh, for suggesting heists. Um, and yeah, get in touch. Yeah. Jacob at pitchhunt.org. J-A-K-O-B at pitchhunt.org. Will at pitchhunt.org. W-I-L-L at pitchhunt.org. Luke at pitchhunt.org. L-U-K-E at sign. P-I-T-C-H-H-U-N-T period O-R-G Boom. Thank you for that. Info at pitchhunt.org gets all of us in one fell swoop. Um, Anything else? Uh, I just want to say that we love all of you listeners. We We do love all of you listeners. And we yeah, we hope you stay pitchy. Please do. Bye. Bye. Bye.